Hi, I'm Tim Tuffo. This is an Orange and Blue Thing podcast. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 13 of an orange and blue thing. That's Darren Meenan. I am Brian Ernie. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Thursday, March 23rd evening. We have a huge show for you guys and (laughs) Darren's already exasperated. We're tired. We've been to Queens and back and done all kinds of fun things today and we'll get to that in just a second. But first... Let's do the housekeeping. If you're watching on Facebook Live, thanks for tuning in. Please like, share, and do all that fun stuff. If you are listening on SoundCloud, iTunes, enjoy yourselves. Thank you for downloading. Uh, Rate, subscribe. You know know the drill. Do your thing. You know the drill. All right. Big show tonight. Why do you? Why is this like a? This my is a, stomach's in knots, dude. I didn't sleep last night, and this, there, there is some news. There is some news. We're we're not gonna break it out just yet. But listen, let's just cheers. I've been wanting right, this beer all, all day. Right, so. All right, yeah. We we have been we have been working hard for you all day long. Yeah, and it, I'm not gonna complain because nobody would have turned their nose up at the kind of day we had. We had a fun day. We yeah, we're at, at the stadium. You know, we we sound like beat writers now, complaining that we're actually had to go to the ballpark today. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, thanks to the Mets. For uh, inviting us out to go to the ballpark, they had their annual What's New event. Yeah. So basically, they invite a bunch of press, a bunch of uh, newspaper people and bloggers and all that kind of stuff, and they invite you to come out to the ballpark, check out what's new, see if they, you know, if they have any new features, new, um, new vendors, new food options. So we went and did that today, and um, this is actually the Seven Lines' second year printing the t-shirts for the t-shirt launch so it's the city perk patrol and they showed off the shirt today the mets actually put up a vote a couple weeks ago it was an two different options and uh the one that says uh, here it's home city field that one won and we actually did something differently on that shirt which we've never done before there is a it looks like it's printed like a orange on orange print but it's Mm -hmm. actually clear ink yeah so it's something we've never done before it's a nice nice touch it's not too heavy on the shirt and uh it's it's a it's a cool look so yeah it's very cool basically that's the only reason that you and i went because that's why we were invited for that but we took advantage of the uh the open bar and the free food and all that stuff so between you and me I didn't eat enough. I was going to say, you definitely did not I eat I had like enough. two things. You were crushing it. Like, well, I wasn't, cr- you know, don't make me sound like a fat ass over here. I wasn't crushing it. No, but you were enjoying yourself. I mean, there was a lot of cool new options. We'll get to it in a little bit, but the cookie dough looked good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cookie dough was a big crowd pleaser, although I did not partake in said cookie dough. You should have. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, like I got enough problems, like trying to get in the gym and make sure that I don't look like garbage. I don't yeah, know we talked can... about trying to get. Well, I talked about trying to get back in shape, like episode three. That's actually episode thirteen now. So, thanks for taking the ride with us. And I'm already. I gave that up right away. So it wasn't like a New Year's resolution. But uh, speaking of ways to uh, get some motivation, I'm topless in the Sports Illustrated documentary. So, you are. Yeah, yeah, watching that will make anyone want to go do push-ups. So, I mean. <laughs> Well, let's talk about that's a good segue. Let's talk about Loyal to the Last Out. It premiered uh, an SI Films documentary at Mulcahy's in Wontaw. Thank you very much to Mulcahy's for being amazingly gracious hosts. Uh, They just tricked it out for us. It was fantastic. Open bar for three hours. Um, Food, the spread was good. Uh, The company was good. I didn't actually, dude, not to cut you off. 
I didn't eat. I didn't eat either. But everyone seemed to be enjoying it. Yeah. Again, it's it seems from the outside looking in, it you know talking as much as I do about this and doing the whole documentary and and being like the face of the brand when I got to do talking stuff. Mm -hmm. I wanted to give somewhat of a speech before the film went on. Right. And again, like I couldn't sleep last night. I couldn't sleep the night before the party. I had one. I was holding a beer for like. The, pretty much the whole open bar. I had like a half of one beer. I couldn't, you know, my stomach always gets in knots and I have a, a little bit of an anxiety problem. So um, anyway, I didn't get to enjoy it as much as I really wanted to, but it seemed like everyone that was there had a great time. And like you said, shout to um, Mulcahy's Tim, uh, the son of the owner is eventually, I guess, going to start running the show over there. But he's he's one of our one of our season ticket members at uh, the, the city field, um, you know, season ticket holders from the seven line army out in center field. So he put on a great show and shout to uh, Josh Oshinsky, his whole Sports Illustrated team. Yep. The, the Congratulations film. to Josh. Yeah. It was, it was a, a really, really, really well-executed film. I really enjoyed it. You know what it was, too? Like, they said the place holds 1,000. I think we had like 500-plus show up. I yeah. couldn't picture that place holding double that. Uh, maybe in the summer when their back bars open and all that, but like yeah. it was comfortable. I think like it was very packed enough for everyone to be able to watch the film, which was why we were there. You know, obviously mm -hmm. you want to hang out with your friends, but watch the film. And uh, enjoy it without, you know, having to fight to get to the bar for a beer, you know? Oh, yeah. It was so easy to get to the bar for a beer, which is nice. And you could also, like, people would go grab you a beer because, like, it, they, were, they were paid for. So it was, like, <laughs> I was like, yo, man, let me grab you a beer. I was like, yeah, thanks, dude. No, but uh, it, was, uh, it was great. It was, uh, it was a really, really fun event. To everybody, um, you get this all the time, but I, say this, I said this after QBC, too. For everybody who comes up and says that they like the show, they like what we're doing, it means the world to me. Uh, I, you know, we obviously this is in part a, a labor of love for you guys, so uh, for us, so uh, we yeah, appreciate so you, it. I saw your tweet that night, like, yeah, you know, great. I guess a few people came up to you and said they liked the show and yeah. introduced themselves. Yeah. So it's always nice to meet people that you might read in the comments. Like, you know, I'm looking at the comments now, and we kind of see a lot of familiar faces, you know, that are in there, mm -hmm. and then you kind of put faces to the names, and we finally met Rally Man. Yes, we did. We, uh, we Rally, met Man Rally was Man. there. That yeah. you know, our our we we could take voice memos from anyone who wants to email us. But it seems like Rally Man is always at the top of the list. He sends good questions, and um, he's a regular now on the show. So we met him. I met your parents for the first time. I yeah. met your dad once at a game, but I finally met your mom. And yeah. my parents were there. It was a great time. It was. It was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks to everybody who was involved. Uh, it couldn't couldn't have gone better, except for if I would have eaten a little bit more food and drank a little bit more water because <laughs> the next morning I did not do well. I did make myself uh, – George is going to be mad at me if I call them boneless wings. So I, I'll say I had uh, – I had – I don't know. What would you call boneless wings if you're not going to call them boneless wings? Like buffalo – You don't. You call them boneless wings. Buffalo, That's what they are. Buffalo nuggets. They're, like, they're, you know they're not wings, so it's like chicken cutlet squares he, that they deep fry. But... He told me it's – if I'm going to get on people for saying – Who said this? George Ho. Oh, yeah? So he said if I'm going to get on people for saying EST during uh, daylight saving time – that I cannot call boneless wings boneless wings because they're not wings, and I think this is fair. I think this is a fair critique. <laughs> so I'm we're gonna we're uh, I want to have submission. Like, what will you call boneless wings if not buffalo nuggets? But like, I don't know. They're, they're whatever. It's it's barely chicken anyway. But whatever. I had them at nine thirty in the morning, like I was in college. Yeah, you're a little hungover. It was fantastic. So yeah. Anyway, so the um we don't have news yet where it's going to be. It's going to hopefully be on a network. So for those of uh, of the members that aren't twenty one or didn't want to make the trek to Long Island because it's like Guam to half the people, um it will be on TV eventually, and you'll get to see my out of shape dad bod. 
with the shirt off. I'm not saying anything. I, yeah, I think whatever. I mean, I, I saw it, and I that's the only clip tremendous. I didn't want to be in there. And then it, obviously it was because if I was editing it too, and someone said don't put it in, I would. Yeah. And then Josh looks over at me like, like you know, pointing and whatever. I, but I, the minute it came on, it was it you know. Was when I said to Kelly the next day, I was like, when you look in the population, I'm not really, like, I'm not out of shape, I'm not in shape, but the last thing I want to be on national television uh, is topless. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the show is the the documentary is great. I can't say enough good things about it. Obviously, I'm I'm partial because of. It's about our crew, but um, <laughs> those are the worst names. So I'm not calling them Buffalo Chunks. <laughs> I'm not saying I ate Buffalo Chunks. So yeah, we we didn't give a shout, and I heard we say shout out a lot. I guess we say dude and shout out a lot, but we, do. we didn't actually mention. I don't think in the in the jump, but uh, Wayne Randazzo from WOR yeah. 710 is going to be checking in with us uh, in about a half hour. So we got a lot to cover tonight. We do have a big breaking news about the group and also a. a a product release that I've been working on for years and it's finally coming to fruition. So um, we're going to move right along to the what's new at City Field. I put together a little edit. This was done. We got home at what time? Like we left City Field at 2 p.m.? Yeah, I was going to say, I got to my house at 2.45. So you were home at like like 20 minutes before. Yeah, all right. So I threw this together from today and three uh, hours basically. Enjoy and check out what's new at City Field. What's up, guys? Darren and Brian here at City Field. There's a new bar being built right next to the Seven Line Army section, aka the Big Apple Reserve, aka the best seats in the ballpark. For whatever reason, it makes it makes me feel nice inside to be home. And uh, even though there's no game today, we're gonna head inside and check out this event. We're the only ones wearing baseball stuff here. Yeah, we don't care. Either. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not corporate today. Not in the slightest. When you're pressed, you're not supposed to wear any Mets stuff, but we're not pressed, so. If you sit in section 141, row 23, you might actually have the best seat in the house now. Jim Beam has a bar right behind the section, and if your seat's 19 to 15, so 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, there is the bar right behind your seat. Can't get much better than that. All right, Brian Ernie for Orange Blue Thing here, live at City, well, not live, tape at the City Field, but we will be live later. Uh, we're at the What's New event. We are here with the marketing team, Jim Bean. Hi, how are you? Hi. And we're very excited because they are opening a bar right behind our section, so that can't be bad. That's not good. So uh, take us through the process. How did this come to be, and uh, how did it get right behind our section? How did we get so lucky? We planned it that way. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> no, we are really excited. It's been a year journey for us. We literally, it's coming up on exactly a year when we started this conversation with the Mets. So we've been, it's been a long run, but we're so excited to finally be here for opening day and ready for it. So it's the Jim Beam Bourbon Bar, and we really wanted to create a, a sort of uh, destination spot for our for our fans here at uh, City Field at, for the Mets and also for our fans of Jim Beam. We know that sports are an important passion of theirs, of our consumers, so this really brings two worlds together for us, and, and we are a family of a legacy, and, and so is the Mets, so it's really two worlds colliding, which we're really excited about. And, and it, as you guys all know from, from being, we're right behind your, your section, and there was nothing there. We're building something from scratch, from the concrete up. So it's a long process. Yeah. Well, that Darren's getting a close-up of what's on the menu. So tell, yeah, so tell us, what's on the menu for uh, 2017? So we went with a couple signature drinks that, you know, classics people would recognize, from a mint julep and a whiskey sour 
And you'll notice that there are some other brands on there that are part of our bourbon portfolio with Basil Hayden's and Maker's Mark. So these are some of the signature serves. We will have other categories with vodka and tequila and rum served at the bar too. So there'll be a little bit of something for everybody. Excellent. That's great. All right. Well, we're excited. We're going to try these right now because I'm ready to start drinking a little bit. Please and, do. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're excited about it. Darren's excited because, I don't know, we'll show it on the show, but there is a, you can saddle up right next to this bar from the last row in our section. So it should be a lot of fun. Congratulations on it. Thank we're you. Excited. We're excited. We'll see you guys soon. So City, as you all know, is obviously our naming rights partner, and they do more by means of activation and trying to enhance the fan experience of any one of our partners. And it's challenging every year to come up with something new. And starting last year uh, with Lagadere, their agency, City teamed up with the Seven Line Army to come up with a special T-shirt that's shot by the uh, City Perks Patrol and is new every year. So this is the shirt this year that will be on display. That again, you can't purchase this anywhere. The only way you can get it is by catching one in the stands. All about the fans every year. The wins and losses you can control, you can control the experience, and that's really been a mantra from ownership right on down throughout the organization. Oh, my goodness. We were just reading some of the comments. <laughs> so are. apparently you guys are really, really sad that there's going to be a bar right behind the seats. Yeah, that's nuts. Oh, but, but first, hold on. Just to prove that I am not Zach Hample, I did <laughs> catch this seven-line shirt. Okay, that they will be okay. They will be giving this away. And at it's the, not uh, your size, so at the uh, city uh, perks patrol, all right? <laughs> and we will be giving this away. All right, so it's not my size. It's a large. This year, the t-shirts come in large and extra large. Yeah, which right is down good. the middle. Yeah. So if you yeah. catch a shirt and you normally wear like a medium, and you catch a large, then you know you're kind of still in shape. But if you catch the XL, you know a lot of times in years past, it was just one size fits all. So yeah, uh, Brian's gonna give this away to yes. somebody. So um, share this right now. Say you you're interested in in winning a t-shirt from from the show and brian will pick somebody later once we once we turn this thing off and someone will get it for free so so be nice to me. um yeah so if you're listening to this afterwards on itunes and you're very confused about that seven and a half minute clip of just randomness definitely hop over to facebook.com slash the seven line you can watch all of the episodes uh on replay so yeah we did you have a good time today I did. I had a great time, man. It was it was a lot of fun. You know, it was funny when you when you texted me about it. We found out about this event like on Monday, and Darren texted me at like eight o'clock at night and was like, "Yo, can you go to this on Thursday?" I think so, they forgot to let us know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, "Hold on." So my boss is great, and he gave me the day off. He was fine with me taking the day off on on short notice. But I I almost you know I was like ah you know I got some stuff to do with the office, and then I kind of looked around and I was like. What would 15-year-old Brian say if he had an opportunity to, like, go to City Field, try some new food, you know, hang out at the ballpark, be on the field, and not go to work for a day? And I was like, call me a lame-ass if I didn't go. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going. I'm you just going. You know what's funny? I think everyone was so – like, a lot of the foodies were there. Like, a lot yeah. – they probably, oh you know, they probably invite a lot of people who have connections in the food world to just pump that part up. <laughs> I was pumped on the bar. Yeah. I didn't really care much about the food, uh, and I was very excited about the bar. We uh, were talking about that. We were like – what should we? What who should we talk yeah, to? Yeah, who should we talk to? And we're looking around, and like the chefs are there, and it was just like, 
Oh, what are we going to ask them? Let's talk like, to the bar. Yeah. Please tell me about your flavor profiles. <laughs> I, I, do I detect a hint of acid here? It's like, I don't know what the hell to ask these guys. Yeah. So, yeah, your food was awesome. Oh, but what was the chicken parm thing we had? It was from like chicken Nicoletta. Chicken parm was good. I mean, you know, chicken parm, you can't really reinvent the wheel. No, on but that it was one, good. But, it was good. Um, good. Good new sandwich offering. I tried the mozzarella stick. I mean, it's, I don't, I told someone, I, SNY was doing a thing and I talked to one of the girls that was, re, you know, reporting for them and she asked me about the food and I told her, I was honest, I don't leave the section to eat. I, right. I might grab a slice from two boots on the way in. I don't leave the section to wait online for beers. Um, you know, I, I want to watch the game. So I don't leave the seats besides going to the bathroom. Yeah. So I, you know, I, checking out the, the, the selection was cool. Seeing what's going to be there is cool. If, if you're watching this afterwards or you're listening afterwards, definitely check out the, the video. Did you see the, the cookie dough? Yeah, we, we yeah. didn't try it, but the we cookie did. dough was definitely you know a hot like a hot ticket. People were all lining up to talk to them, and it, I heard that their location in Manhattan has like a line around the block. Yeah, yeah, one of uh, I think it's just called Doe. We D-O. met we met Andrea. Shout out to her. Um, at and they were telling she was telling us about that at their location in the city is crazy. I can't imagine. I was talking I was talking to Mish and before, and she was like, "How is cookie dough?" I'm like, "I didn't have it." She's like, "Why?" I'm like, "I feel like." Cookie dough in like a cone that's pretty unfuck upable, right? I mean, like you can't really. I thought it was mixed it, with ice cream. I didn't know that no, it was straight I think cookie it's just dough. Straight cookie that's dough. That's got to be really good for you, by the way. And uh, and anyway, I don't know. I, uh, by the way, uh, Eric Eric Lipschitz, I'm not mocking being a chef. I just have no idea what to ask you. It would be <laughs> like you know you asking me about like a press release. Plus, also You'd we be know really bored. we know our viewers. Did you see the comments for? Yeah, yeah everybody's bar? like people everybody. are like bugging out about the yeah. bar for like oh and check out this new burger. People don't give a shit. You know? What yeah, I mean, like, I mean yeah, the, all the food is great at City Field. It's awesome. They added two bars. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we were we talking didn't really about... talk about it, like in the video, yeah. we we kind of didn't stop there. It was freezing today. Um, when we took the escalator up to the left field landing, I think it used to be called. I think it's called like the Bud Landing now or whatever. Yeah, the Bud There's a new landing. bar up there. The whole thing is branded with Bud Light Blue. It's it's really nice, and um, you know, I it was great. I mean, adding two more bars, it's 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 yeah. good. I mean, I wish they could add more bathrooms so we don't have to wait online so long, but. Um, it is what it is, as we say on the show. It is. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited to get the season finally started. Being there, seeing the grass, nice sunny day. Unfortunately, it was like 30 degrees, but what is it, 12 days? Uh, I think 11, 11, right? I'm bad at math. 11 or 12 well, days. Well, it was 14 on Monday, <laughs> so 13 on Tuesday, 12 on Wednesday, and 11 days. 11 days yeah. left until See? we're back We were a day park. closer than you thought. You but what did you think about the video thing? Should we do that at like, tailgates and stuff? I think we should definitely do that at tailgates. Like, I, Start Film a sure. recap and then post it a couple days later. Yeah, I'm down with that. Not to mention the fact that there was like a good – at Mulcahy's, we kind of to scoot back to that. There was like a good mix of like – the people we see all the time, which is always great to see them, and we're friends, and it's great. And then there were new people, and people who are like, this is my first seven-line thing, or like, I've only come to one game with you guys, and that's awesome. Like, uh, I want to, like, we should do stuff for the tailgate and talk to people oh, yeah, and yeah. get to know everybody and show them the splendor that is Bauer and his shots. Yeah, I am down. And, you know, now that we have a, a bar right behind us... Uh, I don't know if they serve shots, but if they do, Bauer's got to go up and bring down like trays. Well, I feel like what's Bauer in one forty 140 or one forty one? He's in one forty. I'm. Isn't he? I run the show, and you have no. And idea. I have no idea what sections what. Like if you watch the video again, when I'm like, oh, if you sit in section, uh, what is it again? One forty one. One forty one's the yeah. center, 
Which I is the section you I sit in. I screwed this up already. Like, I don't know where the fuck I sit. I sit in the seat. Right. First row, row one, seat one. Whatever. Bauer Bauer needs to get whatever I think he's section. an Apple guy now, isn't he? I Didn't he so. move? Yeah, I think he's a 140 guy. 140, 141, He's got to get the, gotta get those people. It's a smaller section, so he can afford shots for the yeah, whole Yeah, the, the whole section. It's got probably like 250. Bauer, Bauer's got to make, like, what, 800K a year? At least. He's, he's rolling it. <laughs> Bauer's rolling it. All right, so we do have a, a schedule here, and uh, we are going to check in with Wayne soon, and we do have that... Unfortunate army news that I yeah. I'm, I'm not bullshitting you guys. I only heard about this yesterday, and I, this wasn't clickbait either. No, no, no. I just didn't. There was there's so you typed out a freaking page worth of stuff to talk about here, and you can't write that over Twitter. So in order to not make there be a bunch of questions that we'd have to answer in the comments, we just wanted to air it out here, let us discuss it, and explain to you guys why. We came to the decision that we came to about the army because it's it's an unfortunate situation, but it is what it is, and it had to be made. And I think that you guys are going to understand it was the right decision for the group. So, um, without further ado, there is some really, really, really big product news. I posted a photo last week when the actual sample showed up and uh, said that I've been waiting at least three years to work on this. Actually, I've been waiting decades to work on this. But without further ado, here is. A new product that we're bringing back. The rally, the rally cap is back. Rally Cap has returned. The 30-year anniversary of the best Mets giveaway in the history of the team is back. So on uh, July 26th, 1987, can you get that for me? The Mets, the hat's right behind you. The Mets made what they called the Rally Cap. And when we signed the licensing deal with MLB and started working with... Um, who did we start working with? Started new Era. With, uh, new Era. Majestic <laughs> on the jerseys, obviously. When we started working with uh, New Era on the caps, we decided that we wanted to bring back the rally cap. So what it is, for those of you who weren't around in 1987, it was a giveaway just for one day, never sold. And we decided to redesign it and release it 30 years after the actual product dropped back in 87 so what it is the ball is a plush ball and it's velcro on one side and the hat is made of fabric that the ball can stick anywhere on the hat so as legend has it back when the hat actually came out you were supposed to sit in the ballpark and move that the ball depending on what was going on if you if you wanted the guy to steal you'd put it on this side if you wanted him to you know whatever there were rules to the rally cap did you know that i did not there were rules to the rally cap so i gotta be honest with you I did not know this existed until you posted that picture. A couple oh yeah! Of if, years you're, ago. if you're watching this, uh, behind the uh, behind us here is a photo of myself and uh, a friend of the family, my dad's best friend's son, Kevin. Shout out to Kevin Duran. That's us at the game. And for I always thought that the hat was supposed to come with two balls. You just took his ball. I guess I just yeah. I guess you I copped just, his ball, man. <laughs> I took his it's ball. Messed up. That's me looking like a badass over there on the right. But uh, yeah, we're bringing back the rally cap, and what we're doing is that's a deep V-neck, by the way, for you. Right I bet there. you that's like an adult large. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm seven years old in that in that photo. But um, 
what we're doing is bringing this hat back, and we're going to release it on the 30-year anniversary of its uh, original date. Show the show the product in full screen so that they can kind of get it. Oh yeah, all right. Sorry a, guys, get a sense of. Yeah, we'll go back it, to the main here. So I don't, I don't know how close I can get, but this is the rally cap, and if you know Rally Man's gonna like this one. So yeah, that's it. it's a snapback. It used to be this. You know how uh, giveaways are sponsored by somebody. So the giveaway back then was sponsored by Crazy Eddie. Remember that guy? He ended up going to jail oh for God. like extortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the original was Crazy Eddie. This one is us. So we have a little woven tag here next to the snap. And no, this. you're not going to jail. <laughs> that That's says the, the seven lines. And then uh, we have our tag woven on the inside now. So it's obviously a new era branded hat. It's officially licensed from Major League Baseball. And we're very, very excited about this. I don't know if it's like the new Apple Beanie. Well, that's the whole thing. But we're... I think it's going to be popular. And the reason why I'm showing it off tonight yes. is because New Era runs on a like four-month-out schedule, especially for something of this nature, custom. You know, you got to make the balls from scratch, the hat from scratch. And uh, the cool part about it is the fabric. I don't even I, – I should know this because we're – you know, we're trying to promote the thing right now. I don't know what it's made of, but for the ball to stick anywhere on the hat is pretty cool. Um, I'm just pumped on it. And as you could see from that photo I was showing, I used to wear this thing back in the day all the time. And I still have that hat from the, from the photo. And I'm just excited for it, man. So. It's very cool. It's very. We're trying to get a sense of how many to order. So here's the thing. Um, Darren is at kind of a loss here because we don't want it to be like the Apple Cap where – if you order, if he orders, if I order a, a thousand, if I order a thousand of these things and they sell out in one minute, everyone's going to be mad that we didn't order more. And then we won't be able to get them back in until what you said, like four months. The holidays, so yeah, right? we're going to get them in in July, and then they're not going to be back in until the holidays. So the problem with this is, everyone says, "Why don't you do a presale?" We already missed the deadline to order these things. I asked New Eric for an extension. And I said. Can I please give you the order on Friday instead of Monday? I have a show on Thursday night that I want to show this thing off. So we're going to kind of gauge from the, the feedback here and see if people are into it, if they're not into it, and try to come up with an educated guess on how many to order. Because if they sell out like that, like the Apple Beanies, everyone's going to be pissed off, and then it's kind of our fault for not getting more. But the last thing that we want to do, if you've noticed – we don't have like fire sales. We have some stuff that's on sale every once in a while, but we don't ever put stuff out at like closeout prices. And that's because our stuff is pretty popular and we we use educated guesses on how many things to purchase so we don't have aisles and aisles of, of inventory that's collecting dust. So if you're into the rally cap, let us know. And um, we're going to put our order in tomorrow and hopefully we get enough. What do you think? How many should I get? Oh, man. I was saying to you today, I'm glad I don't have to be in charge of that and make that decision. Uh, I don't know, man. It's tough. I think it's really cool. Um, I just like, like, even just the hat on its own. I, I can't believe I really, you didn't know really, about it. A guy of your really knowledge and, I know. and Mets history, yeah, you didn't see? know about it. There you go. So everybody who says I'm a sponge, I You've know You've finally everything. been stumped. I'm stumped. I did not know. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's hard because I'm I'm a few years younger than you. So in yeah. 1987... I wasn't even I wasn't even three years old during that season yet. Yeah, keep knocking stuff over. Yeah, sorry, keep knocking it all over. You said knock your beer over, dude. That's true. That's very true. Um, yeah. So I think it's very cool. I'm I'm looking forward to it. And uh, and listen, it's uh it's gonna be. Very, I'm very interested to see how this one moves. I think I think it's gonna be crazy in the section. Because you know these wackos are going to throw the balls at each other. No, these you know it's the balls aren't free. I yeah, mean, you lose the that, ball, you're going to be upset. Or would you be upset? Like, like, could you imagine somebody deciding, kind of creating a game from row sixteen 
down to row two. The ball sticks on. It's some no. kind of drinking well, thing. Well, maybe if you don't care about it. The ball is plush. It's white. You don't but want you, that thing you, rolling around in the dirt. But you still got the hat. I guess. Anyway, so we're going to order them tomorrow. And unfortunately, like, you. you know, unfortunately or fortunately, we've been, I've been waiting 30 years to do this. So we only have to wait four more months. And these, these are going to finally be back. So if you missed the original back in 87 and you like the new one, uh, an updated fit, the original was huge. I got to show it to you. It's upstairs. It's gigantic. It's like it probably fit my head. I wear a seven and a quarter, but now like seven and a half with this hair I got going on. But uh, yeah, it's like down to my nose when I pull it down. It's, it's very deep. So, um, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm really pumped on the hat, and I hope you guys are too. And unfortunately, we got to wait four more months, but I think it's worth the wait. So. Very cool. Very, very cool. As we do, we're going to get to some voicemails. We're going to get some voicemails. We're going to get to voicemails. <laughs> Let's do a little cheers first before we get started. Yes, sir. You should finish that beer. I think you're going to need to drink one in a second. Uh, okay, okay. Okay. First uh-huh. question up here. Okay. Hey guys, it's Lou D from New Jersey, new season ticket holder. Would you rather have Machado or Harper or other? I'm comfortable with giving Machado the mega deal. That's my pick. I'd like to know yours. And would you rather trade for him or wait till free agency? Thank you. Before we answer that one, I hate Harper because he's a national. Yeah. If he was on my team, I'd like him. That's so it's the kind of thing where it's too. like, yeah, you like you, you when you're a rival and the and the guy on the other team is good. I'm sure that Nationals players probably hate Syndergaard and we love him. So um, I wouldn't mind having Harper. I don't think he's ever going to be a Met. But no. the, the, the hypothetical, I mean, I, what would you do? I think Harper will play in New York eventually. Yeah, me too. Um, I would. I talked about this a little bit on my Twitter the uh, la- this past week. I would take Machado, and I don't think it's even close, um, especially for this team. I think it's a slam dunk. Uh, the way I first of all, I would wait for free agency. Um, he's going to be a free agent in that big after 2018 year. So heading into 2019, in that scenario, I think if David Wright plays out the contract, he'd only have two years left. Same thing with Cespedes. So you'd have big money with Wright and Cespedes um, on the hitting side, and then you would have. I'm sure at that point you would have extended Syndergaard and or Degrom past their arbitration years and, and bought out a couple of years of free agency. So you might have bigger contracts on the books there. But, um, I mean, I think the Mets are really positioned favorably to add a big free agent in the next few years to kind of help this uh, this window stay kind of wide open. Uh, don't forget that if Rosario and Dom Smith work out too, that'll be low-cost, two low-cost co- um, core players. So you can add a big superstar like that at a $30 million a year clip. And Machado's going to be young, man. He's still young. He's I think he's only 23 or 24. So in a couple of years, he's only going to be 26, hitting his prime. He can play shortstop. He can play third base. I mean, this is – could you imagine Manny Machado and Ahmed Rosario on the left side of the infield for 10 years? No, I'd like to see it. It'd be great. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, – Harper has too many holes in his swing for me. I, I just – 2015 is is the only year that he's really been a, an incredible MVP caliber player. He's been a very good player the other years, but uh, I, I man, I'm I'm all over Machado if that's if that's me. Sounds very hetero. <laughs> hetero I'm, I'm gonna be all over him. <laughs> it's just gonna be it's gonna be messy. Right, I actually didn't listen to this one yet, so it's gonna be a surprise to both of us. So hold on one second. And sit tight. We got Wayne coming up, and then we got that news about the Seven Line Army that I think you're gonna want to listen to. Hey guys, this is Garrett from Salisbury, Maryland. 
I know you guys have a good relationship with Majestic and MLB Baseball. I was wondering what your opinion is on MLB Baseball making a deal with Under Armour coming up in 2020. Thanks, guys. I think it's too early to really even know how that's going to go. Well, there are some some details that started to leak out. And Garrett, you're you're right in Under Armour Country, right? They are a Maryland company, Easton, Pennsylvania. No, no, not Majestic. Oh, oh, oh. Under Armour. Oh, I don't know where they're from. I believe they're based in Maryland. Okay. So, uh, so maybe that's why he's interested. Um, yeah, I I'm very excited about it. Um, I think the people at Majestic have done great work. Uh, for the la- they've had the exclusive license, I believe, for now it's twelve, thirteen years. 2005 is when they went league-wide. And, uh, I mean, I, I love Majestic's product. I love their customer service. Um, I'm not just saying this because I'm associated with, like, the 7-Line and, therefore, Majestic. Um, I've been buying Majestic product for years um, on its own, and they've just been amazing. Um, Under Armour is going to get it in 2020. They played a lot of money. Um, we do know that the Under Armour logo is going to be on the chest oh, of is the it jersey. Really? Yep, we do know that. They paid extra for it. So you're going to have the little... UA right here, just like if you look at a college baseball program. It's that's like Under our jersey this year. Yeah, just pretty much wow, like wow. that. Yeah. So, um, and I think Under Armour has some very interesting and innovative techniques. They have this faux flannel that they use for a gray that one of the schools use. Uh, Teza would know. He would scream at me for not knowing the school. But it's a really cool look. It gives it like a throwback vibe. And I think they can bring some of that more. They're very big into pullover jerseys. When it's, if, if you think about it, there's really no reason to be buttons down the front of a baseball jersey. Yeah, you don't button it. Yeah. yeah. So I think we'll see some changes. Don't forget these are these are brands. These are big national brands. You know, the Mets, the Yankees. All these teams are brands unto themselves. So yeah, I, I mean, license doesn't see... last forever. You know, back yeah. in the day, like Rawlings, all these companies. So yeah. as far as we're concerned, I mean, I guess we just have to start a conversation with Under Armour in like 2000. 19 for the 2020 army jerseys yeah you know what i mean as far as that's concerned i mean i don't know like we were talking about i'm not a big jersey guy besides our jerseys so yeah. it, for me it won't really change much of anything yeah. but um i guess time will tell time will tell time will tell you're not going to know for sure but uh hopefully they have good things in store yeah totally all right we got the rally man question of the week oh uh, there we go <laughs> Greetings, Darren, Brian, Lizzie, Seven Liners, like and Lizzie all Met fans. <laughs> this is Rally Man from Section 515. Now, this is a fast rally question of the week, guys. Who on the 25 man roster is the fastest beer chugger? My guess is Mr. Steven Matz from Strong Island. Have at it, guys. This is. Your rally man. <laughs> Why would Stephen Matt just because he's from Long Island? Stephen Matt, shout out to Talk It. You <laughs> chug a lot of beer. I have. Who the hell knows? I don't know. This is like such the hypothetical question that you can't even answer. Yeah, I, don't even, I don't know. Uh, I've never drank with any of these. Hansel guys. Robles. Yeah, I have no. I have no <laughs> rally man. This we we love you. I, I had a good time meeting you the other night at uh, Mulcahy's, but this is an impossible question for us to answer. Um... No idea. But what we are going to do is pour our own beers and, and chug a couple here on our own. Yeah. And uh, Brian, has, I have a disadvantage a little bit. My beer is a little bit thicker. It's a little bit stronger. You're so, going to win anyway. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Beers are freezing, too. It's kind of hard to uh, chug, no, you're gonna chug a cold beer. You're gonna but in the comments, because... who do you guys think can drink a beer the fastest? We'll, we'll, we'll read it here. It's Darren. No, I don't think so. No, not me or you. I'm saying oh. what player. And why Matt's? 
Matt yeah. doesn't even look like he drinks. Matt's <laughs> Matt's will always look eighteen to me. It's it's funny. I feel like it'd be like Duda or something. I don't know. Now we're kind of thinking about it. We said we well we now yeah. Let's about... hold on before we do this. <laughs> let's think about this just for a second. Uh, you know who I bet you could chug? You know he could do anything. I bet you Cespedes could do it. Yeah, probably. Right? Who's the Who's the best beer chugger in our group? Myron. Oh yeah, Myron. <laughs> That's that's kind of a no brainer. Like, sorry for <laughs> sorry for doubting you. Um, and you know what? Speaking of doubters, did you see all the comments from last night? And again, it wasn't clickbait. I was just saying like something's up, and we gotta let you guys know. People think the company got sold. Oh my gosh! Uh, they thought the Big Apple reserve seats were gone. PSL. I liked Marisich said PSL. Oh yeah, PSL. You have to start buying the seats. What was the other one? He said um, due to due to budget cuts. The seven line army is now loyal to the second to last out. That was a good one. <laughs> I like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's nothing terrible. But just sit tight. We're gonna get to it. Oh, a carp thinks that Chu can beat out Mike. Um, well, you would know. I don't know. I don't think Chu chugs that fast. No, Chu's more of a saver. No one's ever beat me of fine domestic beer. The uh, <laughs> the cooler races, that's for sure. So we're gonna call Wayne in a second. But first, we're gonna crush these beers, and hopefully, Wayne doesn't judge us for being drunk. Um. All right, so let's do it, dude. All right. Dude. <laughs> I told you he's going to win. All right. I don't know how long that was, but we're going to give Wayne a call. This is the part of the show where afterwards we cut it for a couple minutes so I can get Wayne on the line. Again, it's just the two of us here in my basement, so we don't have a third hand to uh, queue up phone calls, so... Brian's going to talk to you for a second. I'm going to hit Wayne up, and we're going to continue the show in a second. All right, we're going to welcome tonight's guest. You might know him from the flagship station in New York Mets Baseball, 710WOR, where he hosts the pre- and post-game shows and provides some play-by-play as well. Those are roles he's been doing since 2015. Before he came to New York, you may have heard him on ESPNU, the Big Ten Network, or MLB.com. This spring, he's taken up guest residency in the SNY TV booth, sitting in for Gary Cohen for a few games. It's our buddy Wayne Randazzo. Wayne, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How are you? We're doing well. We're, we've been crushing beers for the past 45 minutes, so uh, we're a little toasty over here. But we're Way behind you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you got to catch up. Yeah. So, Wayne, um, what we do on every guest, we've only had a few so far, but they just happen to be Mets fans that also work in the industry. So um, first question to everyone is, were you a Mets fan? You weren't. So uh, we already know that answer, but we don't know. Were you a Cubs fan or a White Sox fan growing up? Well, you know, it was always nice having two baseball teams in Chicago. It was kind of like New York. I mean, you had, you had National League Baseball during the day. They couldn't play so many day games. And the White Sox had the American League at mostly at night. So uh, it, it was fun to uh, to spend a lot of time at both ballparks. And that's as good an answer as you're going to get out of me for as far <laughs> as that goes. I will say you, you tipped your hand a little bit on the broadcast early in the spring because uh, somebody, I think it was Howie or somebody asked you, what do you think of the World Series? And you said, well, or this is the, it was the greatest thing ever for me and uh, on about this World Series. So we think we know where you stand <laughs> on that. But let's assume, um, we're going to later on assume that we think we know what the answer is. Um, but let's start where in Chicago, where it kind of has always been for you. Um, uh, you worked there mostly your whole career, not only a, you know a, a native of the area, so what made you want to make the move to the media capital of the world and, and, and join WOR? Well, I think, you know, even 
even being from Chicago, a huge market, there's always a draw of being in New York City. I mean, it's the number one market in the country. So you, you still have it, even if you want to be in Chicago, your, your career, or your life, or in L.A., or any one of the major markets, there's still a, a pull to being in New York. So it was always there in the back of my mind anyway. Not to mention, I had done minor league baseball for about seven seasons, uh, a few of those in the Chicago area. I did a few in Alabama, too, down in the Southern League. So I wanted to get a, a taste of a major league schedule. And I had done some part-time work with the White Sox on, on their radio network, but they didn't have an opening. And uh, something did come up with the Mets, so I, I applied for it and, and talked to Howie after uh, the process got going a little bit. And Tom Cuddy, the, the great program director at WOR, and we all decided it was a, it was a really good fit. So it, it made a lot of sense for me to, to want to be in the big leagues and take that next step to join the Mets. So what was the, uh, if, if, if you can recall, like what was the interview process like? We know that that, that position was pretty vacant for a while. So uh, I think they waited until like spring training to announce that you were officially the guy. Yeah, I don't know why it took so long because I actually started talking to them in, in like December and then, uh, and then into January. I actually found out I was going to get it at the end of January. So there was a, a few weeks between the time that, that they offered me the position and the time that it was announced. Um, so I, it was just kind of a lull, but it, it was, it would have been filled at least for a few weeks by then. So I knew I was coming and, uh, started making my plans to go down to Port St. Lucie. So it was, uh, it was, a, it was a fun process. You know, I, I talked to both Tom and Howie a couple of times and then, uh, and then also had a, a chance to meet with them, meet with Tom at least and, uh, and talk to him in person. So it was, it was a, it was a great process. Uh, it was a lot of fun getting to know those guys. And, and I think, well, you know, it was just—it just seemed right. It seemed like a good fit. Even Joe Kersey, the executive producer at WOR, had a chance to speak with him too, and uh, got along with everybody great. And uh, I think my, the experience that I had at that point fit in line with somebody that they were looking for. You know, I know Seth Everett did that job for a year before that, and didn't really have any play-by-play experience. And you know, Seth's a, a great host and a, and, a, and a great guy in the business. But I, I think that it just kind of worked out where Howie and Josh aren't there for every game, so I'm able to step in when they're not. So your, fir- your first year here, you get this surreal experience of everything the 2015 season was, and then the Mets end up in the NLCS, and I- I- we get this NLCS that I don't think anyone really saw coming, Mets and Cubs, and obviously you're from Chicago. I was reading a Newsday article from during the postseason that I hadn't read until just now because we were doing research and you know during the postseason it was all a whirlwind for us but um i have to imagine for somebody who grew up going to wrigley um you know what is that like to you're basically covering a team versus a team you grew up watching i I know you were at the bartman game um so what are the emotions like in that scenario where you get a cubs mets nlcs your first year in new york crazy it was a surreal experience just to be cut first of all just go through with the mess for them to win the national league east that ridiculous game five in los angeles i mean there was such a high of emotions you know just when you cover a team every day when you're around someone and and in some ways their success is tied to your success i mean i'm, I'm covering a, a national league championship series because of the Mets' success so you certainly as you get to know people in the organization and you start to develop a, a fondness that goes beyond even being a fan of a team. When you're a fan of a team, you're, you're disconnected in some way. But with the Mets, I'm, I'm there every day. I'm as, as connected as can be uh, without strapping on a uniform. So it, it's, it's, it's a great experience to be able to cover a team that's winning 
like the Mets have the last couple of years. But yeah, the NLCS, it, it certainly lo it looked like by that time, by the time they clinched, there wasn't much drama to that series. Once Game 4 got going, the Mets kind of ran away with it, and it was a, a clean sweep. But, you know, my favorite part is they win the pennant, you know, and they, the, with the fifth pennant in team history, not something the Mets have even done all that often. And it's at Wrigley Field, and I'm on the field uh, interviewing people after the game, and I'm literally standing on the pitcher's mound at Wrigley Field watching the New York Mets celebrate a National League pennant, and I'm happy about it. It was <laughs> it was a really yeah. strange experience, not one I could have ever predicted. That's funny. Uh, Orange and Blue Thing, Episode 13, talking to WOR's Wayne Randazzo. Um, that leads us right to last season. So we have to ask you about this. Um, you were nearly almost in that situation again because if the Mets are somehow able to pull off the wild card win late, they're going to Chicago. They're going for game one at Wrigley Field. So let me give you a hypothetical. Had Familia gotten through the ninth and the Mets, let's say, score in the bottom of the ninth, do you think the Mets give that Cubs team the eventual world champions a series? I think they would have. I mean, we saw San Francisco do it. The Giants were in the same position as the Cubs. Uh, or as the Mets, rather, tied with the exact same record. And San Francisco went into that series and, and got a great game one from Johnny Cueto, though they didn't win it. And they did end up really putting the Cubs on the ropes. If the Giants win game four in San Francisco, yeah. they couldn't hold on to a ninth inning lead, as they had problems doing all season. But if they win that game, they go back to Wrigley with Johnny Cueto on the mound again after he allowed just one run the first game. So I think the Giants would have felt pretty good about their chances to win Game 5 had they just locked down Game 4. And I'm sure they'll have less trouble locking down games this year because of Mark Melanson closing for them. But, uh, yeah, I think that the Mets, you know, we saw them fight to the finish as it were. I mean, they, they win, what, 27 out of their last 40 games to even make the playoffs. They, they battled with Madison Bumgarner for that entire game. Noah Syndergaard was terrific. Now, they wouldn't have had Syndergaard pitch until Game 3 at Citi Field. But, you know, you steal one at Wrigley, you have Noah pitch game three, you're up two to one, and all of a sudden you, you do have a series on your hands. So you just never know in a short series especially how things would have turned out. So obviously the, the Mets have been waiting not nearly as long as the Cubs had to wait. But uh, So the final out happens as a local guy. How do you react to something like that? You know, it's we've talked about this quite a number of times. Once you get access and you see behind the curtain, you might lose a little bit of the edge of being a fan because now you do it every day as a job. So... Is, are you still excited for the local team to win the World Series? And how did you react after they finally got it, you know, they got it done, made it happen? Yeah, I think, you know, there's still all that excitement for a, a local team that you grew up watching to, to win. I mean, especially the Cubs, because it had been such a dramatic story. I feel like most of the country was rooting for the Cubs outside of a small pocket of Ohio. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that, that everybody got caught up in that story. And the incredible series, that ridiculous Game 7, the rain delay, all that stuff. And, you know, for me, I thought about Sean Dunstan. I thought about Damon Berryhill. I thought about uh, some of those those great Cubs that, that I grew up watching. And I'm maybe not even that great. Some of the guys you could you could name that, that flat-out stunk along the way. And, and the Cubs lost a lot of games. But I thought about those guys, and I think it, it, it meant... Uh, as much to them, I'm sure, as it did to the players that were actually doing it in 2016. I know if Ron Sano were still alive, that he would have been uh, overcome with emotion based on, on that victory. So it meant so much to so many people. My grandfather was a big Cubs fan. You know, he's not here anymore. So I thought about him, You know what, how excited he would have been. He lived his whole life, and the Cubs never won the World Series. So it, it meant a lot to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. 
That's fantastic. I, I love hearing that. I, th I personally think your grandfather saw it. So, um, so that's just me, but whatever. Um, listen, we're both huge fans of your work and, uh, you work with, Two of the best guys, in, in our opinion, in the business, and Howie Rose and Josh Lewin on, on a day-to-day -day basis. So take us through what, what it's like working side-by-side -side with, with those guys. You know, I tell everybody, if you think I'm any good, it's because I sit with those guys, plus Gary Cohn every day. You know, I mean, the, <laughs> you imagine in my position being a rookie uh, in, on a major league broadcast a couple of years ago and watching those guys work. You know, Josh has been doing this for 25 years. Howie's been doing it since... You know, by the time I was born, same for Gary Cohen. So to, to watch those true masters do this, like a, it's like a, like a doctorate-level class for me to be able to see these guys do it every day. So uh, I've gotten tremendously better as a broadcaster, uh, as an interviewer, as a reporter, as everything, as a host – because of being around those guys every day. And you know, it's, it's, I'm not trying to suck up to them or anything. I mean, they were just that good. That you know, it's it's just like being a fly on the wall and watching just an incredible artist do his thing. I mean, you have to pick up something, and I, and I feel like I have from all of them. So uh, it's great. They've been welcoming, beyond welcoming to me. I mean, from from the get go, they've gone out of their way to make me feel a part of it, to make me feel like I'm I'm as as much a part of it as they are, as if I'm a peer of theirs. And I certainly didn't feel that way at first. Uh, but you know they've made me feel that way, which has been great. I've learned a tremendous amount. Uh, they've given me if they, if I have a question, they are there with the best advice immediately. And uh, I honestly could not ask for better partners than those guys. Yeah, it's it's you know I feel like listening to the MLB at, at bat app when the uh, WOR is not covering a spring training game and we have to listen to one of the road teams. It's almost unbearable to listen to, to these guys. And we, as Mets fans, I think we're spoiled with who we have in the booth and now you're one of them. So um, we actually had Figgy on a couple weeks ago and we, and you kind of have a similar story with him as well with just the, the welcoming uh, aspect of the way the guys treated you when you got hired. But was there maybe one guy that, that helped you along the way or maybe gave you some words of wisdom that actually resonated with you to kind of uh, make you feel more at home within the, within the group? Um, you know, I, I know people who listen to our broadcast have heard the name Madge come up quite a bit. Chris Madjkowski is our producer and, and our engineer. And he, was, he, he left an indelible mark on me my first season because – you know, when, when you're traveling with the team, you don't know where to bring your bags or what time to do. I mean, it, it's all laid out. The timing's laid out, but you don't exactly know the process. And Madge was incredible to me with regard to making sure that I knew exactly what to do. If I had a question, he didn't act like it was a stupid question. He would answer it and tell me exactly what I needed to know. He was instrumental, in especially the first couple months, the first few road trips, uh, on making sure that, that I knew where to go and, and how everything was at the major league level. So uh, I, I would say if anybody really went out of their way, and I, you know they all did, but if anybody really made sure that I was going to be okay and, and, and learned everything I needed to know early on, it was definitely Matt. So we actually had the, the, the pleasure of seeing you in the booth recently. So was that a surprise? Was that planned? Was that something that was, you know, a goal of yours? Or how'd that come about? The, the TV stuff? Maybe? Yeah, yeah, TV. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I do a lot of TV in the off season. I do some college football and basketball. So I, I've done a bunch and, and certainly... For us, though, for us. It was new for us. You know, it was great. It was for you guys, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate that. But, yeah, it was, you know, Gary misses a lot of spring training games because he still does his college basketball stuff with Seton Hall and with... Uh, with Westwood one for the NCAA tournament. So, uh, you know, Gary Apple still 
fills in for Gary Cohen on some of the uh, spring training broadcasts. But, uh, you know, I know Scott Braun had done it in the past. So I, I had WBC stuff this year. So they had an opening. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to Kirk Gowdy and, and some of the people, Kirk Gowdy Jr., and some of the people at SNY about it. And it worked out where I could get a few games. Uh, you know, it was I had to work it without my radio schedule, too. So, I, I, I of course, radio is the priority. And, but if there were games that we weren't doing on radio, then I could, I could slide over to TV and, and help out those guys. So it was awesome. I mean, Keith and Ron were the best. I mean, they couldn't have been nicer and easier to work with and uh, kind of actually let me – take the reins of the broadcast. I thought I'd be just kind of following them and they would just drag me along for the ride. But uh, they actually kind of let me lead the way and, and, and kind of quarterback them a little bit. And, and they were they were terrific. Uh, I'd love to do more. Uh, if the radio schedule and everything works out the way it can for me to do more, I, I hope I can. Well, we have to we have to tell you that we thought you were great. Uh, we I mean it was a I, I was I didn't know what to expect. I got to be honest with you, and I thought you did just did a fantastic was that the burn job. Game? Was that the, the day we were out there on the burn? Yeah, the last one of, of the three. I did three yeah. in the last. Yeah. Games when you oh, cool. Yeah, and we Saturday. heard you gave us a shout out, so we appreciate the yeah. shout out. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. I appreciate the kind words. Uh, really of course, man. Of course. I watch it afterwards. I, I record the, the, the outing days, and then I, I check it out <laughs> after. So thank you. <laughs> uh, Darren Mean and Brian are talking with WOR's Wayne Randazzo. All right, Wayne, before we let you go, we want to get uh, general impressions about the 2017 Mets. And uh, we did this with Nelson Figueroa a few weeks back. And it's a rapid-fire segment. Uh, you know, a lot of us know the storylines, but we just want to get your kind of knee-jerk impressions on where this team is going, a couple of uh, – of uh, big topics. So that sound good? Sounds great. All right. So you want to kick it off? Yeah, sure. So uh, Familia, how many games does he get suspended? My guess will be somewhere around 15. I don't think it'll be a, a full 30 like a roll as Chapman gone. It certainly won't be anywhere near the level of Reyes' suspension. I, I think it'll be a little lighter. But it, we don't really know. It could be 30. It, it could be more. So, But my guess is around 15. All right. Uh, Yoannis Cespedes has said he his goal is to win the MVP. Does he finish in the top three in the voting? You know, you, you got to be out there every day uh, to win the MVP. He certainly has an MVP capability. He can he could win it, but to play, he'll have to play 150 or so games and and and, and be able to produce every day. Now, can his legs hold up through an entire season playing just about every day? If so, then yeah, I think he can at least be in the top three as far as the MVP is concerned. The Mets are going to win a lot of games, so when, when you're going to be looking at a team that's in the in contention for an MVP vote, yeah, that could be one of the guys you automatically look to because he'll be without question the leader of the offense. So he, he can absolutely get in the running. There's been some speculation during the off season that Reyes would actually see some time in the outfield. How many games do you think he actually makes it out there? I think it'll be zero. I don't expect him out there Same here. at all. Same. Um, you know, it just it, it was looking like that because they weren't quite sure if there was going to be a trade with Jay Bruce or with Granderson. I mean, there was just things that were going that could have happened that didn't happen. Uh, and not to mention, if you had any expectation that David Wright was going to be healthy, you know, that's kind of out the window now. So Reyes will probably lock himself down at third base. He might play short every once in a while, or even maybe second. But uh, I think he'll he'll pretty much spend his time at third. All right, number of innings pitched by Zach Wheeler in 2017. Well, I know 120 is going to be the limit. Yep. Um, I'm going to be optimistic and say that he gets between 100 and 120. I think he'll go most of the full bow. Uh, I think we'll see him probably in early May, and I think they'll give him the ball every 
fifth day at, at that point. As long as he looks like he can handle it and, and his command's good, uh, I don't. Barring a setback, I think that he'll get close to the full max that they've set out for him. I think it's no uh, surprise that I think this is a, a really make-or-break season for Darno. So, as a guy who's pretty injury-prone and had some bad luck over the years, do you think uh, what's the over/under? Hundred games over/under? What do you think? Yeah, that's the million-dollar question with Darno. Can he stay on the field and let alone produce and throw runners out and call games? Um, you know, I, I think until he shows everybody that he can catch more than a hundred games, I think the the safe bet would have to be under. He's got to prove it that he can go out there and, and be uh, an everyday contributor. All right, last one, Wayne. Uh, we're going to write this down and hold you to it, all right? <laughs> you said they were going to win a lot, but how many did the Mets win in 2017? I have said all along 95, and now lately I've thought 94. So I'm going to say 94. They're going to lose a game in there somewhere that I didn't expect. <laughs> and... That's going to be a really good team. They might win more than that if everything comes together. The Cubs, everything came together last year. They won 103 or 104. Uh, I don't know if the Mets can win that many. I think their division will be a little tougher than it has been the last couple of years. But this team could absolutely win 95-plus. And you you saw them win 87 last year with a shell of the team they thought they would have. So you get everybody back mostly healthy. Out there every day, I, I think this team will score a lot more runs than people expect. You look at this lineup, it, one through eight, including Darno in that in that eight spot most days. I think this team can hit a lot of home runs, more than they even hit last year. And that, that the slumps and the runner hitting with runners in scoring position, some of those things that cost them some runs last year, uh, I don't see that being as big of an issue this year. I think they're going to score a lot. The pitching is going to be great. It'll be tough to beat. That's great. I mean, that sounds good to us. I mean, we would love 94. So, Wayne, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, good luck in the upcoming season. We're going to be watching for you on uh, SNY again because, we, again, think you did a great job. And, and we'll be listening all season on WOR. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Good time. Thanks, Wayne. Have a good one, man. Thanks, Wayne. Bye. Wayne Randazzo of WOR, 710. You can catch him on the pre- and post-game shows and doing his play-by-play when one of the guys has off. And I, he was great, man. How Wayne. about that? Wayne's great. How about that? Um, yeah. I, you know what? I, I didn't know too much about the backstory. And like like you said, we were doing some research before we had him on as a guest. And um, I like hearing him on, on the play-by-play. I think he does a great job. Yeah. And not shitting on anyone else that fills in for Gary, but I, I, I'm, I'm Team Wayne. Yeah. And... Um, I just poured another beer because we're getting oh, oh it's spilling. Oh. All right, well we're getting to the unfortunate news yes, of the night. Yeah, so it's time to do this. Let's pull the bandaid off. Let's get it done. You want to intro this? I don't know, man. I don't even know how to begin. All right. Well, listen. All right. Darren. It, Darren texted me the other day and said, "You have yesterday." Time for, I said, right, "Dude, can yesterday. you can you talk?" Which I never do. Yeah. I, I said, "Can can, can you can yeah. you talk really quick?" Anytime Darren wants to talk to me on the phone, it's a, it's a thing. I don't talk on the phone. I hate the phone. So, as right. uh, so uh, yeah, dude. I, I don't I, know how to break the news because I, it's sad. I'm sad about it. All right, so let me do it. Let me do it right, for go you. Ahead. Let me Hold be on. the bad guy. Let me let me cue this up. There you go. Here you go. Breaking news. All right, breaking news. As you guys know, every year since 2013, the Seven Lion Army has made our Bronx invasion a part of the away schedule. Unfortunately, this year that tradition is going to end. So our trip to the Bronx has grown every year, so much so that last season we had, what, 500 tickets to each game? 
Yeah, it was the four-game series. We do two at City Field, two at Yankee yep. Stadium, and we did 500 per day at Yankee Stadium. But as the outing grew, the Yankees had a harder time accommodating us. And in 2016, our group, if you were there, you know this, was kind of spread out amongst too many sections. And uh, we were seven. It was like seven sections wide, which the last thing we want to do is have an outing where if you're in the seventh section, you don't feel like you're part of the group. And we we told the Yankees last year after the actually the day of the outing, I told my rep and this isn't like let's shit on the Yankees segment. But I told my rep, like, listen, we have to do a better job of getting our group back how we were like. Uh, Bronx Evasion 2. We were solid section, united, cheering. It was so much fun. And um, I said, we have to get back to that sort of atmosphere and let's work on it. Right. And then we got the news yesterday that, that said, sorry, this is your only option. Yeah. So, so that's not in the cards. Yankees told us it's the only option um, is to have the seating setup we had last year. Um, listen, we understand that even after all these years, it started in 1997, the Subway Series is still a hot ticket. Yankees are still going to sell these seats, and the demand is big for these games. Uh, they have plan holders to abide by and be and be loyal to, and we, we understand that. So we're going to gracefully decline the Yankees' offer and forego a Bronx invasion this year. It's a bummer for us because we love doing it, but our goal every outing, home or away, Darren's very passionate about this, is, is to make this feel like a fun, festive atmosphere, like a night out with friends new and old at the ballpark. And uh, if we can't achieve that, I don't think it's worth doing. You no. know we, you know what it is? And it's, and it's all about being true to our roots, which is for the fans, by the fans. This is supposed to be fun. It's not mm. about making a quick buck. And if we wanted to do that, we would have said, sure, Yankees, give us any tickets you have and sold them blindly on the website and put, a, put together another shitty outing. And we're not trying to do that. We want it to be fun. So when it was kind of not like take it or leave it, but it was like, this is your only option. I said, okay, I'm sorry that it's not going to work out. Let's try to get our act back together for 2018. So um, hopefully the fans understand that this wasn't a decision to be like, uh, sorry, you you know, we're not going to do the outing and and ruin anyone's fun time. But we want it to be a good time, not 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 something where you bought the ticket and you feel like you were duped. You know what I mean? Um, So alternate plans we'll just put together a party somewhere else yeah i think i watch the game together and not go to the game yeah it makes sense to try to maybe do something else but hopefully we can work uh with the yankees again in the future um we'll still be rolling deep though to city field uh to see our boys beat the bronx bombers then we'll just have to do it only on our own turf this year so we and i know darren i speak for darren when i say this appreciate your understanding about this um the games at city field are going to go up in a few weeks we've been holding off darren had been holding off and we just said that july 14th will go up and i believe the next there's one game in between that and then the subway yeah i mean we like to sell the tickets in order so obviously tomorrow is the july 14th game goes on sale tomorrow at noon and then next Tuesday, actually, yeah. is the July 22nd game, the Noah-Thor bobblehead. Right. So, yeah, there's so, two games. Yeah, we're trying to sell them in Subway. order. So, obviously, now Subway Series is out. We're going to try to come up with another plan. Maybe we'll go to Mulcahy's. Maybe we'll go to McFadden's. Who knows? Yeah. We'll do something else. And, obviously, we're still going to do our two at City Field. And then, after that, we have Houston tickets. Yep. We're going to Houston in September. Yeah. So, the, the details for that will go up as soon as, as soon as we're ready to announce it. I mean, everything's kind of done strategically. We did work out the details for the buses to D.C., which is next month on the 29th. So we're about a month away from that. The good thing about that is the buses don't sell out. We can get as many buses as we need. Like we went to Cooperstown with 700 people. So um, don't worry about that. We'll spread that link as soon as as soon as we can. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, Bronx Invasion is no more, at least for this year. It was a great run. We had a great time. I think we won 
We had uh, how many did we have? We had four years, but last year was two games, mm-hmm. and we split that. I think we're like three and two, maybe. Okay, so maybe we'll get Pretty back sure. on the schedule for 2018. Maybe not, but in the meantime, don't worry. The Big Apple Reserve is going nowhere. The license is going I know, nowhere. I was so Darren's not selling the business. And, I'm, and you know, what? I'm going to call him out because you know what? Um, Sorry to uh, to Lawn Dart, my uh, my right hand general in the section. He did send me a screenshot from a certain someone. I'm not going to call out their name because I don't want I don't want to shit on them publicly here. But they said, you know, my cousin always told me to be wary of Darren. He was going to do this one day and sell the company and and fleece you guys, yada yada. You know what I was saying to you this morning? Wouldn't that be such convenient timing? Like yeah, the they, documentary comes out, we, we send shit. the jerseys out. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm out. Later. Oh. <laughs> well, that's it for me. Leave it on a high note. Yeah. Uh, so fear not. The seven line is still strong as ever. We just won't be going to Yankee Stadium. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Yankees. We're not coming this year. Not that you really care. But, um, you know, the Yankees are rich and our thousand tickets doesn't really put a dent in their in their well we'll see in their pockets but whatever i mean it was a good time i I liked going there i mean you know people don't always like going to the bronx to say you know screw the bronx it's you know we don't like yankees fans whatever i had a good time going there we never had problems nothing but good things to say about the yankees Mm -hmm. um you know the staff the ballpark everyone that works there is great but uh, it just wasn't in the card for us this year hopefully next year they understand that we need the seats and we need them to be together you know we're not trying to have you know, Joe Schmo in seat whatever, seven sections away from us and doesn't feel like he's part of the crew. Not so. to mention the fact that it, that it's a detriment to Yankees fans in general because if you pack us into one section, at least there's one section of You Mets were saying fans. that this morning. Like, yeah. yeah. We, the Because the, my wife is a Yankees fan and we were talking about this when Darren told me yesterday and she said, you have to admit, if you were a Yankees fan and there's this big group of Mets fans rolled in and they were loud and they were crazy, like you would be miffed. And I said, you're right. But that being said, that's one of the reasons why we want to be condensed. We don't want to ruin anybody's good time. We don't want to be chanting and singing our songs and, and, and saying let's go Mets and all that stuff with you know Yankees plan holders all around us and ruining their good time. We don't want to do that. That's why it's best when the ballparks can accommodate us and keep us closely packed together so we can kind of do our thing. And, hey, if you're a couple sections down and you hear us chanting, like, whatever, you can deal with that. But the last thing we want to do is take up the first three rows in seven sections and then you have three rows of Yankees fans in front of you, three rows of Yankees fans behind you. Maybe some of those are plan holders and they say, geez, what did I buy a Yankees plan for to get my Subway Series tickets? This is a pain in the ass. So, I mean, it's just it just didn't work out. So it's it disappointing. Is it is. And you know what? The last thing I want to do is disappoint the group and I felt like this was going to be something that maybe people wouldn't understand. Like, hey, let's just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But, like, the option was uh, row four to seven across like seven sections yeah so yeah like one two and three would be yankee fans they don't want us there i mean it's 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 not as fun like you said if we're not united so if you're disappointed i'm sorry the decision had to be made and i think it was the right one to to keep the integrity of the group and the the goal of the group which is fun and unity and if it's not going to be united we don't want to do it so sorry to the yankees we're not coming and hopefully we'll be back in 2018 so um as we say multiple times on the show it is what it is and um yeah, so we're not going. Hopefully you guys aren't mad. But uh, we got some comments here in the Facebook. We usually have a segment at the end of the show. I read one that said one of the, the, the jerseys coming for the season ticket members. They aren't at our warehouse yet. The second we get them, we're going to ship them out to you guys. We have a little bit over a week. And if you know about our shipping, we get stuff to you within like a day or two. We ship everything priority mail. 
Obviously, the replica jerseys were shipped out already. They don't have sleeve patches. They don't aren't custom name and number, so they're a lot less work. So those are already shipped. If you want one of those jerseys, they're $129.99, small through 4XL while supplies last. And if you order one now, we'll ship it tomorrow if you want the replica. If you're a season ticket holder, we're going to do our best to get them out. You know, I think we should have we should start getting them tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So it might ship tomorrow. It might ship Monday or Saturday. We'll, we'll go in on the weekend. We don't normally do that, but we'll go in on Saturday if we absolutely have to. And sit tight. Opening day is 11 days away. Can't. Can't wait to get started. If you're going to tailgate with us, we're going to be in our normal spot in the MTA lot, which is directly across from the Home Run Apple, the Rotunda entrance. If you take the train there, just walk down the steps and look for Orange. That's us. Come by, say what's up, and, and you know, like we always say, just say hello and introduce yourself, and automatically you're in. There's no hazing. We're not going to jump you in to, to, to get you into the group. <laughs> no. And, um, you know, don't come empty-handed. Nobody likes a mooch. No one likes when people rummage through their coolers. So do your part. Make the Make the event fun. Have, have a good time, introduce yourself, and, and we'll see you in 11 days. But anything else that we want to get to? Two things. Uh, Will Friedman wants to know, is McFadden still doing the drink special? Yeah, they are, but I'm not exactly sure what it is, so I don't want to actually okay. talk about it yet. I did get an email from them today. They changed management again, which is it's like the third time in three years they changed management again. So we're going to work it out. There will be drink specials, and all you got to do is go to McFadden's and show them the logo on your shirt or your hat or your sweatshirt or whatever. You show them the T7L, they give you a discounted drink, and that's that's not going away anytime soon. So, yeah, McFadden's is a, is a good friend of ours, and we're going to do our best to get you guys the best possible deals that we can. And last one uh, before we get out of here, Ashley Ramos wants to know an update on the Seven Line Bachelorette. Have we have we we are still <laughs> Kelly's here. Yeah, my wife's here. Come on, come on, Kelly's on. here. Yay! Uh, she's doing the laundry. Yeah, uh -huh. it might look like we're in like some some upper nice class studio. high high studio high class studio in Manhattan, but we're actually we got laundry right there. Suffolk County in the basement. We got it's uh, like Wayne's World over here. Yeah. Kelly, come say what's up. Yeah, come on. do it. She's do shy. It. She's shy. Um, all right, Watch, so we're gonna look at the comments. They're gonna say Kelly, <laughs> Seven Line Bachelorette. Have you given any more thought to this? Yeah, we're definitely gonna do the Bachelorette, but we can't. We're not gonna invite strangers to my house. So maybe no. we'll do it at Mulcahy's or something. Yeah, Kel, come here. <laughs> the people they want to the say pe the people demand Kelly. They want you to say what's up. I'm not ready. Oh, get not, over here. She says she's not camera ready. There's only 217 people watching. Come say stand over the fence. The camera's right there. Okay. Get over, come on. I'm going to just do to... a quick hello. Sit down. Hi. Our first guest, our first in studio guest. Our first guest. in studio guest. Oh, and we lost her already. <laughs> Have that dinner ready. <laughs> and before we get out of Wait, here, did you drink your third beer? I did. I, that's what I chugged. Damn, I, I'm behind. All right, uh, Cot, I'm not answering that question on the air. <laughs> I don't even want to. <laughs> you know, know what, you know what it is. You know what it is. Uh, Cot, I'll tell you a funny story. I'll tell you all guys a funny story about <laughs> the infamous ETB. Uh, I didn't talk about it because I think it's it's this is oh, a poignant God. story before we kill. leave before we leave. I tried to kill that. All right, well, All right, go ahead. So go ahead. we're we're at the game. I took my father-in-law to one of the games, and he turns to me and he's got season Myron with the sign, and he's like, he just turns to me and he's like, "What's ETB?" And I look and I survey my options. What do I say here to my father-in-law? And I go. No, I'm not answering that question. I was like, dude, you don't want to know. <laughs> and that's all. I so, got a text message from someone that works like pretty high up for the Mets. Yeah. And they go, what is this ETB sign? 
hanging over into the bullpen. I was like, I said the same thing. Like, I was like, I made a, made something up. I was like, I think it's a wrestling thing. Uh, well, <laughs> well, they're about. If you want to know? Follow Mike or, or just talk to him at uh, the opening day tailgate. Eleven days, dude. I can't believe. Eleven that. days. I can't wait. It's gonna be so much fun. Next week, it's our last show before opening day. We're gonna have a lot of fun. It's the day before our buddy Keith's wedding. So, oh, yeah. congratulations to the Mr. and Mrs. Blacknick coming up. Um, we are very excited. Next week, we'll be at you with a normal show on Thursday. Then at City Field, April 3rd, we'll be tailgating nice and early. We are talking about it already. We're going to get there early. When the get sun the comes up, get your ass to City Field. That's it. We will be there. So uh, we're really excited. We can't wait to get you guys uh, and, and see all you guys out at, uh, at opening day at City Field. So let's wrap this one up. Let's get out I of here, I just want to say to, to everyone watching and, and listening afterwards, thank you for joining us this offseason. It's been really fun. 13 episodes in. Uh, you know, we started this thing. On episode one during a snowstorm in December, shout out to Keith for helping us for episode one. And then from two to like six or seven or maybe even higher than that, we yeah. were using my laptop and having a ton of audio issues. And then uh, we upgraded the studio and shows have been going pretty smoothly since. So thank you for joining us for the bumpy ride. And now it's pretty smooth and we're looking forward to a really fun season uh, of Orange and Blue Thing. So thank you for joining us. For Brian, Ernie, and myself, I'm going to finish this beer and enjoy the rest of my night. But thank you guys for joining us, and we'll see you next Thursday, Orange and Blue Thing, Episode 14. So have a good night.